0: Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? And we're recording. Finally?
1: Finally. After <laughs> some time, some technical difficulties. Difficulties? <laughs> difficulties. That's, they were so difficult, I couldn't even pronounce them properly. I was thinking
0: maybe that was something that your stepdaughter says. Defi- difficulties. <laughs> no. No. Well, we had them and now we don't. So yay. Hello, everybody. Yay. Hello,
1: everybody. And welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work where we talk about current business trends and whether they work or not? Yeah. And this season, it's all about jobs.
0: Yeah. Whether you are looking for one or trying to find people to fill one. And I suspect the ambulance going by is on their job. Okay, they're gone. (laughs) It was annoying no and we're back (laughs) (laughs) and we're back i'm
1: nicole north and i'm ruth henderson and we're your host today Mm -hmm. yeah so jobs
0: you're you're the lead
1: i'm this you know what i'm seven months pregnant i'm gonna lean
0: back you're
1: gonna and you you
0: ask me questions and find out what you want to know i will because (laughs) last time we talked about should i okay you guys (laughs) I can't lean forward. She's literally leaning back in her chair and she took the mic (laughs) off the stand and it's like we're on Oprah and she's ready to take questions. (laughs) I'm Gail. (laughs) Okay, so last time we talked about should I stay or should I go and people who in the new year they've thought about it over Christmas and they can't decide if they want to go and we offered all kinds of tips on to think about uh, on to think about to think about whether you really want a new job or whether you want to stay and make the effort. So, change.
1: if you're still not sure, go back and listen to episode one.
0: Correct. So let's assume now that people have done the pr- proper work and proper thought, and they've decided they want to leave and get a new job. So that's why we're here today. So the first part of this um, podcast is, you know, one is is thinking about what do people want, and we said that when you are. Uh, trying to think about whether you should stay or whether you should go, you need to know what you want before you can make that decision. And a lot of people are really afraid of making a plan or a goal.
1: Or they think they know what they want.
0: Yeah. Or the, what they want is vague. It's undefined. Or, or what they want is just not this job. Mm-hmm. That's so not good enough. When you were in your job and you've told the story before, yeah. you were in your job and you were applying for a new job, Uh, and you were told, no, you're going to do grunt work. How did you know, A, that you wanted a new job, and B, what kind of job you wanted?
1: Well, I knew I wanted a job that was not grunt work. Yes. I certainly, you know, whether it was pride or ego or... um, the fact that if you know me and my personality, the idea of doing anything called grunt work sounds like something I'd be awful
0: at. You, Because you need to be details-oriented and get that stuff done. And do it over and
1: over and it's, over and over again. It's a again. negative
0: word, but it really keeps a lot of businesses running. Oh, and some people love
1: that yeah. kind of repetitive work, and that yeah. makes them happy yep. and calm and not anxious. Not for me. No. Um, so I think it was that. Um and one of the questions that I always ask my coaching clients is, "Imagine you're in your dream job mm-hmm. now, and it's the start, starting to sound hokey, but just bear with me. All right, I'm here. What does it look like?
0: Yeah,
1: where are you sitting?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are you looking at? Yeah, what are you doing? And you know, I, I did this with one client who really didn't have a vision of exactly what she wanted to do, and so we just backtracked. And I said, okay. We're now three years out. You are sitting in your dream job. And she's like, I'm in an office where it's calm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, tell me more. Interesting
0: first thing to say.
1: Right? She's like, I'm in an office where people are coming to see me and, and having these types of conversations. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Tell me more about that. And then we... Took those visualizations, which I, I'm seeing a lot of people rolling their eyes and no, fast-forwarding the podcast. It's a lot
0: more common now, and even particularly with athletic events, you know, visualizing yourself winning, visualizing yourself yeah. being successful in whatever but you But this is do. more
1: like if you're sitting at your desk right now and you're anxious, you're stressed, um, there's papers everywhere, it's disorganized, people mm-hmm. are coming into your office constantly mm-hmm. um, with complaints and nags and problems and this, that, and the other – Now envision where you want to be and what do those conversations sound like? What does it look like, sound like, or feel like in this dream job?
0: Do you remember when we were talking about uh, our company before we even started it? And I think you or someone asked me, what does it look like where you're sitting and what I used to say about our office? Oh, with the creaky floors. Creaky floors and open concept and a, a really cool old building. None of which we're in right now. Not right this minute, but we were. We transitioned through it because my path changed. (laughs) My needs changed. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a great question.
1: Yeah, so start, if you're having trouble saying like, I want to be in a, you know, because I certainly didn't say I want to be a financial supervisor. Mm. I just said, I don't want to be doing grunt work. I want to be in a more leadership role. I want to be driving the change. I want to be changing things. That's what I want to be doing. It then... I, we were able to back out what job that could be once I was able to describe what I was doing at my desk, what was making me happy at my yeah. desk. You know, and if you ask me that today, it'd be, I'd be up on a board, um, drawing things, coming up with ideas, um, or I'd be teaching and facilitating and getting people excited, and that's yeah. exactly what I get to do every day, or sitting with a microphone on my belly, leaning back and just <laughs> chitty-chatting. Talking to people. <laughs>
0: Um, that type of thing is exactly what is needed in order to figure out what you want to do if you don't know. So this whole first section is about if you don't know. Um, some people do know, they know exactly what they want to do. They just want to do it somewhere else or they want to carve out this piece and they know they want to work for that company. They know. So if you're having trouble, think about doing some visualization, close your eyes and think about what does it look like when you open them? What does your desk look like? Do you even have a desk? What do the walls look like? Are there walls? What is the sound that you hear? Is it ambient noise? Is Are it people there sounds? talking? Is it quiet? Right, you're in a maybe you're working in a home office and there aren't any other sounds. Um, it doesn't have to be just about what you do. It's much more than that because leaving yeah. a job is taking on a new culture, a new commute. Is there a commute? So you know, like you might decide you want to go work at Starbucks. You might say the office life is no longer for me. Yeah. And I want to be standing up well you know me are one of our clients out in burlington salon wisp (laughs) i always threaten to just go and and answer the phones there and i'd be very happy ruth's
1: Ruth's (laughs) dream job is to be a um hair
0: salon general manager honestly it's a the vibe there is amazing and it's a lovely atmosphere and it's beautiful there and they have fun clients and i often think i would just like that so renee don't forget (laughs) um yeah, th- so there's a, a really interesting article in Forbes, and we will post this in our blog. It's Forbes.com, and it's called Nine Questions That Will Help You Find Your Dream Career. So I'm going to tell you what the nine questions are. Please do. First one is, if I could choose one friend to trade jobs with, I would choose X because X. So you'd say, Who does, and this just makes you think, does anybody have a job I would trade with? And you might say no one. Um if you had to choose one, you might choose one. Uh, well none of them really match, but this one has the nicest office or the shortest commute, yeah. right? And that also is also such
1: a great um networking stimulation opportunity, yeah. right? Like if you're like, "Oh, it's actually Steve whose job I'm coveting, you know, and I haven't spoken to him in a few years. Now's the chance to start talking to him."
0: Absolutely. Um the second one is I've always wondered what it would be like to do blank. It's interesting me because interesting to me because Blank. So I've always wondered what it would be like to be in advertising. It's interesting to me because of what I see on TV, right? Maybe it's that basic, but it's a basis for finding out uh, who you should talk to, who you should ask more questions. Is this realistic, what I see on TV? It looks like there's lots of travel and parties, right? And people say, and you work 20 hours a day, and you start at minimum wage, and, 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 right? Right. Um, Third one is, if I had the right education or skill set, I would definitely try blank because blank. Rocket science. Rocket science. Um, (laughs) Well, like I talk about my friend who did not have the education and skill set, but her answer to that would have been, I would try physiotherapy Because I love helping people, I Mm -hmm. love science, I love movement, and because my mother did it, and she used to love what her mother did. And so she thought about that question and decided to go get the education. Neato bandito. Yeah. Uh, If I had to go back to school tomorrow, I would major in blank, because blank, same kind of thing. I would still major in archaeology, as it is completely useless. (laughs) My co-workers and friends always say I'm great at something because of something, right? So what are you great at? I think that's a great question. Are you great at um, coming up with solutions to things? Are you great at mm. analysis? Are you great at spreadsheets? I, I, pick, pick something. Are you great at... Um, customer service. Customer service, yeah. Um, the thing I love most about my current job is blank because blank. If there's that's appreciative inquiry, even if you hate your job right now, is there something about it that you love? Yeah, like is there something about the culture of the
1: job that you love? You know, I love the people that I work with. I Mm -hmm. love the way the organization does this. Mm -hmm. Now as you start to craft that job search, it's not just about the subject matter of the job,
0: but now you've got some questions to ask about what the culture is like. Yep. If my boss would let me, I would do more of this because... Neat. Yep. That's a great question. If I had fr- a free Saturday that had to be spent working on something, I would choose blank because blank. And when I retire, I want to be known for blank because blank. The because piece is very important because it's why. Because and it's so the whole purpose of these nine questions is to help you think about criteria. And that's the whole purpose of this. These outcome statements are for you to develop a list of, I don't know, five to seven criteria that say, I'm in the right job if, and you list these things, if I'm doing something I love and that's new and I've never done before, if I'm working in an open concept place that's really funky and cool, like, I don't know, Google or Amazon, if I have a short commute, if I'm working with people I like, if there's a gym next door, I don't know, pick whatever it is. yeah It could be anything, like you say, from the content to the culture and the surrounding logistics. Do
1: you know who we should interview? Who? Who had the greatest career shift of all time?
0: Who? Is my great friend, Jamie. Oh, yes. Yes, she did. Let's put that down. No, we're not going to Ma- give any make more a, away. Make a note. If you would like to uh, <laughs> listen to um, Jamie and hear about her career into whiskey. Right. Right? Into booze and traveling in <laughs> Scotland. It's a very good conversation. I hope
1: she says yes. Yes. (laughs) Otherwise we have a lot of disappointed Um, listeners. So
0: that's the whole point of this first section is developing what you want to do and making some outcome statements that say, I'm in the right job if, and pick five to seven. And that means that later when you're assessing opportunities that you find up, you can then hold it up against these and go, ooh. I said I wanted a commute that was less than 30 minutes. I said I wanted to work with a team that was actually physically together. So virtual work doesn't work.
1: And you might go and find this new career. And as you're like checking back to make sure, and you might go, none of these fit, but I'm okay with that. But that's a conscious decision. But sometimes it's so exciting. Or if you're in that desperate, I need to get out of this job, I hate my boss scenario, Mm -hmm. you get so excited by a new prospect. And you go there. And it didn't solve any of your problems.
0: No. It's, the it's old, just the same thing. It's that old phrase, you know, the grass is always greener. You yeah. go because, again, you're running from something. You go to this thing that looks great, but you haven't thought about it. And now you're doing, and you're like, oh crap, I've done it again. So this is not a perfect science at all, finding a new job. But this is designed to say, before you even start looking, what do you want? And like you say, if you decide down the road that you want to change those things because you've done research or you've met someone who's opened your eyes to something you didn't even know existed, that's okay. You're changing your path, but start with something. Start from somewhere. You're so right, Ruth. Almost always. (laughs) The other article is um, how to change careers when you don't know what to do next, and that's on Fast and Company, uh, or Fast Company, rather, and I will post that as well on our blog, and it has a listing of career criteria. And it talks a lot about developing, first and foremost, those criteria.
1: Another thing we've done for our clients is do the Myers-Briggs type indicator, um, which also has a career report
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, that also can help determine what's the best career type for your personality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, typically this might be something um, that, you know, college students might do. but let's say you really are thinking of a big career change and you aren't really self aware about what your personality type is. Yeah. Um, becoming aware of that personality type and then looking at the careers that most enhance that, right? I mean, yeah. that's why a career in finance would never make me happy because no. it's so diametrically opposed to my personality preferences. I'm most happy in a career that allows me to be me naturally without extrovert all day long, To extrovert almost all day
0: long. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So people that are starting completely from scratch, I know I want a no, new job. I haven't got a clue. I'm even having trouble with outcome statements. I just don't know. That's a great place to start is to, that's why a lot of industrial psychologists or others, they have all these tests to help people figure it out. And then to challenge those tests if necessary, but at least get the dialogue going. So I could do an MBTI and find out that yes, I'm ISTJ, and it may say, here are some great careers or industries for you, and I may challenge them. I may disagree because my personality has other aspects to it, but that's okay, because it gets you thinking and uh, purposely stating yes or no to things, or leading you down that path that's blossoming other ideas. Blossoming? Building? Creating? I don't know. You know what I mean. I was looking at a picture of flowers and that's why I did that. (laughs) So so that's the first section, figuring out what you want to do. Figure it out, folks. Figure it out. Now we know, okay? First of all, we know we want a new job. Now we know roughly or we have some ideas on what we want. Maybe it's two or three areas that are interesting to us. So now you got to go find something. So what do you do? You just go on to Workopolis or Monster or whatever those sites are and you put your resume on and oh yeah. put as go many have resu- a coffee, right? Resumes out, yeah. as many done. as you can
1: send out. Yeah. Just email blast. Blind email copy, blast. 700 Everyone, people.
0: Find people on LinkedIn, just send them your resume. You're done. No, this is not what you R- do. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. You are wrong. So annoying. Uh, no, it's sadly, it's work. Finding a job is a job. And I am so glad I'm not trying to find a job today. <laughs> because back in the day, my favorite phrase with you, <laughs> it was very easy because you did have to just send out paper resumes to people. On the nicest paper stock you could find? Yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, it was very much about uh, formal processes and now everything is digital. And because it's digital and there are thousands of responses to ads in the paper or wherever you find ads, getting noticed is really difficult. And what you want is for somebody to maybe not necessarily bypass the process, but at least say, Nicole is in the process. I want to look at hers. doesn't mean you're going to get no. in the door any faster because if you don't have the credentials, you won't, but I'm at least going to look. Yeah. So we're like, we're still in the pre-resume
1: stage, yeah, right?
0: We're just job searching.
1: Yeah. So this is where,
0: like, I think
1: this is where all your networking skills Mm -hmm. come into play. So I'll Mm -hmm. ask Ruth to also put a um, note in the blog to link to our networking skills blog as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. um, But uh, this is the piece now where you're going to start reaching out to people who are in industries that appeal to you. Um, Work cultures, Maybe not even the industry, industry you're interested, but somewhere where the work culture is really neat. Mm-hmm. why you might say, "Well, I might not be suitable to work at Google, but I might meet with my close friend who works at Google and say, "What other industries do you interact with where the vibe is like exactly. yours and I might find something more suitable for me." Mm-hmm. Um, or this is where you're going to start talking to, I love advertising. I've never been involved. What might that look like? Mm -hmm. So you might be able to find some actual pathways to a career or some realizations that like, you know what, I actually can't switch to this. It's too much work or I won't be able to take the salary cut or, 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 or.
0: What would you say to people like me who would Thing. I can't. I don't want to bother people. I can't call people and ask them to go for a coffee. Because you run through your list of people that you know pretty well pretty quickly, right? And you talk to people, I'm looking for this kind of job. And you might have, out of your entire list of contacts, five people that you go and you chat with. And then you really you need to do a lot more than that. How do you yeah. help somebody like me understand that you're really not bothering them? And what's the right way to do it? Oh, Good question. The first thing I would do is
1: think about everyone's got one friend, and there I think was it Malcolm Gladwell who called them like the connectors. Mm-hmm. That's the person I would first reach out to. Okay, for a couple of reasons. So I, I'm, I think I'm a bit of a connector. You are, um, and so I find what happens is people will come to me and say, "Can you help me find a job?" And I will reach out to my five close friends who are in the industry or la la And I'll ask them to do me a personal favor. Yes. And they are much more likely to do me a personal favor than if that person had just said, oh, I'm a friend of Nicole's. Could I meet with you? Yes. But if I do the reach out and I say, hey, would you be so kind as to meet my friend for half an hour you know, this would mean a lot to me. And I found that I, you know, I did do this with a couple of people mm-hmm. and
0: they were able to meet with people that they may never have gotten I a response from. think that's the from. ideal thing. You need someone to refer you. And when you leave a networking meeting, you ask that person, can you think of anyone I should speak with? What about cold calls? What do you think of those? I look online, I find a company that's interesting and I, I call their HR coordinator and ask if I can meet with someone.
1: I mean, I think that's great. I just think you're going to have low results. Yeah, I think you're more likely to try and find some warm connection is going to be easier for you. And I mean, my uh, my husband was saying this all the time. Every time he posts a job, he gets like um, ten or fifteen emails, um, you know, of people who want to meet for him with him for an informational interview, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, you know, I really want to help people with their careers. I that makes me really happy. I really enjoy it. I really do not have enough time in my day to meet with 15 people. Yeah. Um, and so he's had to write back, you know, I am so sorry. I would love to meet with all the people that asked to meet with me, but I simply cannot, you know, and, and kind of... Well,
0: especially if it's in relation to a job that was just posted. it's That's kind of... Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it
1: happens too, if you're in a really interesting area. I mean, it does when, even when I was happens to us all the time when we're, you know, we say, Oh, we left the government and we started our own consulting firm. I must get from every single course I teach someone who says, can I meet with you for a coffee? Because Mm -hmm. I also want to leave the government and I'd like to know how.
0: Well, I think it's important for people to know that if they ask for, there is nothing wrong with asking. Nothing. No. When What's it's the done, worst that can happen is that I say, say no, no. The, or I if don't it's respond. Done kindly and respectfully. So when people reached, the last uh, young woman who reached out to me for that said, um, It was great to bump into you. I met her at a different event. Um, Would you have 20 minutes where I could buy you a coffee or tea and just pick your brain about what my next steps are? And I thought it was beautiful. She was very, and in the meeting, she said, I want to respect your time. We're at 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Well so done. I thought it was great. And I think people need to understand uh, a couple things. One is if you are being asked for those interviews and you are a leader, a manager, whatever, um, it's part of your job to give 100%. those where you can. So if you're getting 15, you you can't. But it, yeah. you can't say no to all of them. You need to oh. uh, help bring people along. Yeah. I mean, I also, you know,
1: uh, one thing too is ma- don't always have to ask for an in person meeting.
0: Right. right, Yes, phone call.
1: Have, even would you spare a ten minute phone Skype call. phone call mm-hmm. or whatever with me? You know, I respect yes. you're very very busy.
0: You know, yeah. i and think have s- a specific request. Uh, yeah. So that was the other thing. So managers, leaders, people who are inspirational, who have given speeches, it's it's part of your job. And part of being a kind person to help other people along to to talk to people and give them this thing. Yeah. Uh, people who are asking for that, there's nothing wrong with asking, and you have a, a little bit of work to do. So you need to ask respectfully and not take up more than 20 minutes. Don't say half an hour even, because 20 minutes is less than a block of time for most people, right? Yeah. So now you're not even taking up a full block. But be respectful of time. Be specific about what you want, and don't even think about asking them for a job saying what I'm looking for is some advice on how to break through into this or looking for uh, contacts in the such and such industry who can answer this question, have a specific request that you're looking yeah. for. Uh, the, the young woman that I was talking about earlier, hers was, uh, she wanted to talk to me and get my opinion on some next steps she was considering. I thought that was genius. She wasn't asking me for anything she left the meeting with two more names to contact who yeah. I cleared first with them. Yeah. Um, so I made those connections. But And respect the time and then send a thank you. Yeah. Right? And ask for other contacts when you leave. But yeah. there, is, there are so many people who will go, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to bother them. Yeah. It is not a bother. And if it is, they will say no. But if you ask pleasantly and kindly, Yeah and politely it's okay that's
1: another great thing to actually put in your request email or your request call i you know i recognize if you're busy is there anyone you know that could speak to me
0: absolutely you know yeah.
1: and they might refer you to someone else who might yeah. have a little bit more
0: time yeah. or whatever that might be the ones that i used to turn down were the ones where either a it sounded like a blast like they were sending the same email to many people and you can tell yeah uh, or they were like Overly smarmy and like, oh, I know that you are one of the busiest people in the organization and you're, you know, I just really respect what you do and you're wonderful and could if I could just have even a few minutes and I really was turned off by that. So there's a balance between being respectful and being obsequious. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know. Obsequious. Good word. Yes. It's, it's being sucking up, kissing up for people who aren't sure. Um. Don't be a sycophant. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another good one. CNN was big on those words last this week. So we were talking about dossier, the, dossier. Um. Yeah. So networking, asking for those connections, is pretty much the big way you're going to find out what's out there. Yeah. Um. And you really can also do some research online, mostly about what kind of companies uh, meet my criteria like who what is interesting nothing, nothing no harm in researching so you know what you're talking about when you go in to talk to someone no so there's um a, a book called The 2-Hour Job Search by Steve Dalton that you can check out if you want more help on that um but the whole goal of that second step is to find jobs that are out there and compare them with your outcome and your cri- criteria that you determined in the first step and then you go into our third step which is the Hard, hard thing for people to resumes and cover letters. Yeah, because if you want to apply for a job, You're you need right. to have a resume.
1: Can I? I I want to just if I if I can yes. if I may yes just go hop, back take a, just a quick hop back hopping balance. quick hop back into number two yes um and something I talk about um, in a course that we deliver um, building effective relationships and collaboration and it talks about um you know, in order to collaborate, you first have to start by being aware Mm -hmm. of things around you, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so not being that person that sits at their desk and I don't know what that area does. I don't care what that unit does because it's not my job. It's not my problem. That very first step to networking is just taking those blinders off. Yeah, that's a great way. to And um, being aware of what is out there and around you. What are the different departments? What are the different units? What are the different industries? What are the different... That's your first step. So if networking is making you sweat in your mm-hmm. elbow crease, when we say the word, wow! if you're sweating deeply behind the knees huh. and in your elbow crease, either you're pregnant or <laughs> networking really terrifies you. Yeah. Um, but that very first step at a minimum, just start being aware.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the next um, step is is networking, right? And that's, at that minimum, just saying, hey, we met at this conference, you know, yeah. I'd love to chat with you about what you're working on or whatever. Yeah. Be nice.
0: Try and build a relationship first. Be interested in what they are yeah. doing and who they are. Remember, yeah. interesting people are interested. Yes. So you want Good to be able Dale to Carnegie. ask questions of people and yeah. there's a skill to that. Yeah, be genuinely interested. Don't uh, start off the meeting and put your resume on their desk. Yeah. And so that,
1: so that, yeah, that very first step of networking, Mm -hmm. you know, don't get panicked by it. No, Just be open to meeting people, be open to talking to people and start asking questions
0: at a minimum. I think if you are open and aware of what's going on around you, it's almost impossible to be that annoying sycophant in the meeting, right? If you I think if you're forcing it, if you're trying to, I'm really here because I want you to hire me. Yeah, right? that,
1: and that's that whole part we talked about in the last episode. Like as soon as you're desperate for a yeah, job, it's yeah. It's yucky. not going to happen.
0: So you really need to go into the networking discussion wanting to know more about something, not wanting them to offer you a job. If that's what you're looking for, it's going to show on your face and it's, it's just not going to work. You yeah. have to be genuinely curious, and they're not. That person's not going to recommend you to a few other people no. if they found you to be yeah no because nobody wants to talk to that person because I don't want to have to say to you no it's gross there's no job okay we can now move All on right, to step three yes that's fine <laughs> resume and cover letter I read an article this morning from onmedium.com from a woman named Claire Liu who's the CEO at Know Your Company and her the headline caught my eye because it said are you looking for a new job? Don't be boring. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a very short, like seven minute read on Medium. And she her whole thing was essentially spend lots of time on the cover letter. Um, don't reduce yourself to a series of bullet points. And um, I, I think that that concept is so interesting because in a lot of places, there is no cover letter anymore. If you are applying on an online job search function, in many of those, there is no cover letter. There is Mm -hmm. only keywords and skills and bullet points. Yeah. So how would you make that stand out? But there are places, or and, there are places where there are still cover letters. And we do them all the time when we're responding to proposals. Oh, yeah. Right? There's always a cover letter, three paragraphs.
1: I know. How do you make
0: that cover letter stand out? I always talk, when I'm talking to my
1: coaching clients, I always say, you know, try not to just... Regurgitate your resume and your cover letter. Yeah. Um. If you've got one really particularly neat piece of work experience, like um, you had the opportunity to work in Dubai for two years, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's not related directly to the job, um, or let's say you had the opportunity to. um, I mean, one of the things I always mention is that I got to work on the joint health card driver's license project. You know, the one project that like people really get and see. Um, you know, and that you got to be a part of that. So for me, the cover letter is, what's that super neat thing about you that's going to make me go, oh, this person worked in Dubai, that's interesting. It's kind of unrelated,
0: but it's caught my eye. Yeah, that one neat thing, another thing that I always liked in it was, why are you, why me? You know how I hate it when people are plastering everybody with the same application. But I want to be able to read in that cover letter that you specifically want my job that's available and why so i want you to go i saw that this was available i have always thought this was a really cool company because and say something interesting Neat. and i think i'm a great fit for this job um, she in this it's article it's hard to not get wrote oh yeah and in, in the article in it's things. very clear do not use jargon or the the trite language sound like yourself and find a way to stand out. Now, she actually went on and said that somebody wrote a, a haiku or a poem in their ju- their cover letter, which for me would be a little much, but in some industries, that kind of thing.
1: I filmed a short musical right. Can you imagine? repartee for you. <laughs> it is a combination of my favorite shows. There is some interpretive dance.
0: Well, the <laughs> thing is, it would certainly stand out, wouldn't it? <laughs> If you have a hundred applications on your desk and you are flipping quickly through the cover letters, and one of them has a haiku in the middle of it, you're gonna look at it. It's funny,
1: and you're either gonna right? look at it and think that person is weird and toss it, yeah, or
0: give it a applaud second that chance person and go, for being innovative. And what will I think make it the, the latter is if they also have that relevant project. That shows they also have some skill.
1: We're going to be known as those people that
0: recommended you put a haiku in their cover letter. I'm saying stand out somehow, whatever that is, and don't make it, you know, like a thousand words. It's got to be one page, not even the full page. That whole old school stuff is crisp and and eye-catching. Yeah. So what about your resume then? How many pages, Nicole? Many Uh, pages? What format? What font? Wow. Uh, It really depends
1: on the screening mechanism Mm -hmm. for the job. So um, if you're doing some great networking and some great questions before, you're going to find out. You know, if you know someone at Google, you're going to say to your friend, hey, what does... Google look for yes. in resumes? Do they look for length? Are they looking for um, a lot of words? Are they looking for less words but relevant experience? What are they looking for? So hopefully you'll have tailored your resume to that organization. You know, we work a lot with OPS clients. And in the OPS, resumes are screened against their job description. Keywords. K- keywords. Um, that's sometimes even automated. So... For us, we say, you got to do what you got to do to get all the, the words in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what's relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, if the jobs aren't relevant, take those out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say first do your research and find out how resumes are being screened or how they get looked at mm-hmm. um, and start that as your starting point. I am in love with the functional resume mm-hmm. these days rather than just the list of every place you worked. Yeah. Um, and what you did in every and job. And what you did in every single job. Back to when you were in high school and you were a babysitter. So by functional resume, you again would usually tailor this to the job description. Um, but let's say you're looking for a management role. You know, one of your first functional um, categories categories might be management and leadership. Yeah. And you do some bullets beneath that that demonstrate your management and leadership skills in all of the roles that you had. And what's great for this, I feel, is let's say your last job wasn't as a manager. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that someone's looking at your resume right away and saying they weren't a manager last, cut. Right. They are looking at all of your management experience and they don't necessarily, I don't want to say they don't necessarily know, it's not immediately obvious from which
0: job that is. Oh, it's really hard if you've got a list of of jobs, and I have to go and read through and pull out the management piece from each of those jobs. Yeah. That's hard. If you have a functional resume that says management experience, and then you list the four things that you did in yeah. d- four or two different companies, oh, I can see that. Project management, management, um, uh, work analysis planning, skills. analysis, Pick yeah, topic. so
1: think of all these categories and you're going to want to link them directly up to your, the job that you're applying for mm-hmm. and start outlining your skill sets in those categories rather than chronologically yeah. by job. And then after all that functional stuff, you can list all the jobs that you... The places that you worked. The places that you worked and a brief blurb about what, what that's included. Mm-hmm. And you know, then it's up to the manager to actually loop back and say, okay, so I can see where these are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this is a lot easier. I find people's biggest struggle with resumes is talking about themselves confidently. Yes, and action art- words. And articulating exactly what they did in
0: a particular role and what they achieved. Talked about that a little bit. Um, tell me more about that uh, people saying the we versus the I. Yeah, that's definitely an
1: interview thing, but it also happens mm-hmm. in resumes. Or I feel people are really tempted to say things like, you know, worked on the blah, blah, blah committee to do this. Now, that's great. Mm-hmm. What if you said I was the um, lead communication liaison for this committee, ensuring that this committee achieved da, 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 da. Yeah. So much more effective makes you sound so much more impar- important. Yeah.
0: And smart and like you did something
1: people rather than... really.
0: There's some people who are happy to expand on what they actually did. But there's an awful lot of people who are terrified of sounding overconfident. And I think it's like, of, yeah,
1: I don't know whether, uh, you know, again, um, our experience with the OPS, is it a bit of a humility thing in the Ontario, in the Ontario government?
0: I've met it in the private sector too. When I, I'm thinking of um, one young woman I worked with and she brought me her resume, which was in an old uh, standard format. And she said, I think this needs work. And I, I looked through it and it was fine, except for the action words were not there. And I said, this is completely fine. And before you go changing your format, I think you need to determine what people are looking for where you're applying. Because some places will be very happy. In fact, they would prefer a f- an old school style listing. Yeah. Other places that you may be p- applying for might want a functional one. You need to keep it to two pages regardless. So how are you going to be able to do that? Um, but her difficulty was the action words. Yeah. And she really talked about, as a team, we did this. And, as the, and I was, no, what did you do? And can you mm. use that action word? Remember, we worked with a, um, uh, a man who was looking for a new job. And he really struggled with turning the work that he did, which was quite significant, into language that um, would help him achieve a senior role. And even he, he, he did it. He had it there. But he couldn't make it sound like it, and part of that confidence, I wondered if that would hold him back at all in taking on this other senior role because you need that confidence yeah uh, it's certainly something I, you know people be showing me job descriptions or things that they want
1: to apply for, and they'll say, you know I'm really worried I don't have this yeah. exactly yeah yeah and I'll say, okay, that just says um, demonstrated leadership skills well i've never I've never been a manager right. Um, You don't need to be a manager to demonstrate leadership skills. Can you articulate when you led a team effectively? Can you articulate when you led a committee? Can you articulate when you had to bring a bunch of people together and get something done? That's leadership. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of people kind of like bat their eyelashes
0: at me and they're like, "Oh, oh. I had that conversation with my nephew. He had worked many summers in construction And he was uh, thinking of applying for a customer service job. And he said, but I've never done customer service. I said, really? What was your role in this other company? Well, I worked, I I was the right-hand man for the owner of the construction company. And I did this, this, and this. And I said, did you work with any of his clients? Oh, yes. I was directly the one where they were concerned with issues that happened. There were problems. (laughs) I had to resolve them. And I said, and what do you call that? And he just looked at me and he goes, oh. It's customer service. I said, yes. Yeah.
1: I find a lot of people can't make the connection mm-hmm. yeah. between work that they've done and what yeah. it's being called.
0: And I think that the idea here is that if you're working on a resume, doesn't matter what format, because like you said, they need to find out what will be expected yeah. or- Like how don't go thinking. running and
1: changing your resume yes. to a functional yep. resume if you're applying, I don't know, at a law firm where law firms might be still exactly in that Yeah chronological, what were your last roles? I want to see it that way. So
0: again, don't go
1: running around putting haiku in your letter and changing changing your format before you find out what the industry standard is or the company culture is of the place you're going, which should lead us to the point you should have a different resume for everything. Yes. If you think you are sending out one resume and one cover letter... To multiple people, you are bananas. say it
0: bananas. Wrong. Wrong. Also, unless Wrong. unless you are applying to a specific professional role. If I'm sending out a job and I want to be uh, a doctor for many different places, the resume is going to be very similar. Except sure. unless I'm applying for different roles within that. Yeah. But th- so there are some where you would say I'm a chartered accountant. I'm do, I want to be a specific type of chartered accountant. That resume may always be the same. But most of the time, they're not.
1: There's going to be subtle differences mm-hmm. in your cover letter, in the way that you present it, in the way that the job is being described that you're applying for. Mm-hmm. And as much of a pain in the bottom that is, Yeah,
0: you, have to you do just got to do it. And be careful when you're Suck then it up, sending buttercup. them out that you don't put the, the other company in the cover letter or the other company's name in the resume, you know, little strip at the top or, and you have to be super careful. And that's where... Find and replace, find yeah, and replace, Find folks. and replace and get somebody else to be your second or third set of eyes. And those second eyes can also help you look at if you're really struggling and making that connection between, <clears throat> pardon me, something that you did in an old job and, and taking those transferable skills and turning them into something that you can do in a new job, ask somebody else, describe to them what you do. And they may say, well, that sounds like customer service. That sounds like you've done some program management. That sounds like, oh, you've totally managed projects. Are you a PMP? No, but you've done project management and you know how to use Microsoft Project. So, right? That extra ears can help you get out of your own head and turn it into that relevant information. So totes. that's it for today. It's talking about figuring out what you want, developing the outcomes and the criteria then getting out visualize. there, visualize, visualize, and ask Write yourself a questions. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um, and then getting out there, forcing yourself to talk to people, ask for connections, have and a, if it's you, that's uncomfortable, find that connector, find it. you
1: know, that person in your life, that person who just like, <laughs> uh, I have a friend named Kelly who like, she just meets people on the street, yeah, on the streetcar, yeah. in a, you know, coat closet, and every person you talk to, you like, well, how'd you meet Kelly? Oh.
0: Uh, you know, on the TTC. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, what? They know people. Who meets
1: people like that?
0: Yeah. This, my so friend get Kelly. get out there, get the networking done, get the connections. And then once you find positions that you want to apply for, be very deliberate in how you construct your um, cover letter so that it's noticed, it's succinct, and it highlights your best uh, um, attributes that, for the job and make sure your resume is what they're expecting and what they're looking for and addresses the key things that they put in their job posting. And if you can get a coach, it's super helpful. Not necessarily just us, but Yeah. Coaching you know, really coaching helps you get out of the get out of your head so that you can say things that you can't necessarily see about yourself. So next time, what's yeah, tell us what's next. It's the interviews. Ooh, next time it's, it's my this favorite is yours. Part. This is your my baby. Episode, your baby. <laughs> Nicole is an amazing coach at helping people prepare for interviews. We've both done a lot of that. And um, our success record is pretty darn high for people that we have coached on preparing. Mm-hmm. And what the most important part of it is learning to tell your story. So a little bit more about what we were just talking about. But being able to tell your story effectively, to be able to answer questions. Maybe
1: we'll, for our, my special interview episode, yes. we'll bring a special guest. A manager or someone Mm. who might be able to tell us from their perspective Mm -hmm. what they want to hear. That's a good idea. I have an idea. I bet you do.
0: So you'll have to stay tuned, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye.